0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karon Kamwule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Word Anchor Podcast. This episode is titled, Lord, what were you thinking? What's the plan? There are some challenges that hit like a ton of bricks and leave you with questions to God. As a believer, you pray, believing that God will help you in the situation you are facing. However, it can be sickness that may end up leading to death. It could be financial challenges that do not relent. It could be marital problems that lead to divorce. There are issues that test your faith and to a certain extent, even your loyalty to God. The biblical story of Job in the Bible is not without parallel today. Out there is someone who has lost everything and they ended up in the streets and even sick. You may think that you have problems, child of God, and you come across someone who makes your problem look like a tip of an iceberg. So you might have prayed. And still lost that beloved one. You might have prayed and still lost that job. You might have prayed and still lost that marriage. At some point, you probably had a testimony of the goodness of God in the very area that today you are crying about. That job that you blessed God because He gave it to you, it has become a nightmare today. You may come to the point of asking this question to God Lord, what were you thinking? Why did you let me go through this? What's the plan concerning this matter? It's a valid question, child of God. This is a question to God, which we are only constrained by our own reverence to him. Otherwise, we'd be asking him all the time. It's only just that we love God too much to be asking him such a question. But yes, it does come to the mind. When it gets really messy, way too painful, and there seems to be no way out, you may begin to wonder, what exactly is God thinking? allowing me to go through such a difficult thing. It is not even about the level of faith, but it is about the pain and the frustration and the thoughts that come to your mind because of this. Some situations can really test you to your limit. I recently saw a post where somebody wrote, asking, when God takes this away from you, what does he want you to do? So this person was writing in shock because of the death of someone else's husband. So many people have lost their loved ones. And the question is, what's the plan of God? So what's the plan, God? What were you thinking allow this person to die like that? How do you think that this wife is supposed to move on from here? How do they continue living, God? How do they continue praying to you? How do they trust you tomorrow to answer their prayers when they are in trouble again? I saw another one also where a mother lost all five of her children. Five. All of them. Not even one left to wipe her tears. How does a person move from there? Where do you start picking up those broken pieces? Many have put death at the feet of God. Many have with painful hearts said the will of God is painful. They have accepted it because they view God as sovereign and they say he has taken their loved ones. He can do anything. He is God. It is basically being afraid of challenging God on this matter because he is God. But you do have an issue, but you do have something that you wish if it was not God. I would actually stand before them and say, exactly what's your thought about this thing? Why did you let it happen? This narrative of God taking people's loved ones in a painful manner has left many broken hearts, further ripped apart by this God portrayed as heartless wanting to take young parents Leaving orphans and husbands, leaving young widows behind. Some have lost their jobs, high paying jobs, and they are looking at God. After having prayed for so long, Father, after having served you for so long, after giving so much in your kingdom, what's your plan? How can I be poor today? After giving so much in the church, after giving so much to the poor, this is pain speaking. Most of the time, People forget who has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus Christ stated that he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So we stand there trying to question God on things that God has already answered us. He sent his son Jesus so that we may have abundant life. I may not know the mind of God unless the spirit reveals that to me. However, I have the word of God as a sure testimony of who God is and his character. What is God thinking about when we go through stuff and he looks at us and seem to be doing nothing about it? Well, we've got to understand there are times and seasons. The one thing that messes up our perspective in life is that we do not operate in the same time zone as God. His zone is timeless. One day is a thousand. We are in a hurry. He must do this now or yesterday. We can't even wait for tomorrow. We fail to keep up with his plans and times and seasons and we blame him when things go wrong. Truth is, God can leave you in a situation for a time and a season doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. It is already written in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 to 4, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, if we read from the Bible, we'll learn lessons from the people that lived before us so that we don't stand stuck with that question. What's your plan? What's your thought, Father? Remember the story of Job. It was God who looked on as Satan afflicted Job, killing his children, taking his livestock and everything he had and afflicting his body with sores for good measure. God looked on as Job cried. His disloyal friends persecuting him, telling him that he had sinned. God did not lift a finger to help Job until the time had come for restoration. Imagine Job in that verse. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't even know what was happening in Job chapter 1. He was experiencing things, Job chapter 2, moving forward. He was in trouble. He was in pain. What were you thinking, Lord? lifting up the shield in my life, exposing me to the attacks of the enemy. Lord, I've lost everything. My children, I've lost all the cattle, all the donkeys, all the camels, everything that I've had. And now my body is feeling so painful with all the souls. What are you thinking, God? That could have been the question that Job asked. Abraham, for instance. You remember him walking with God for 24 full years? believing his promise for a son with Sarah. What's the plan, father? I'm turning 98 years next month and this son of the promise is still not here. Sometimes you'll have to linger on in that situation until the appointed time for God to change it. It took 24 years and on year 25, Isaac was born and Abraham and Sarah rejoiced. All that 24 years, still nothing. Up until the appointed time, up until the right season for God. Remember David? He was anointed by Samuel, the prophet, as king over Israel. And he went on running from the king, living in caves and begging for food. He even ran away from his own son, Absalom. But what was your plan, God? Why would you anoint David king? And then the whole king anointed by God ran away from the king that was on the throne. How can a king beg for food from such a worthless man? Nabal did not even think of David as anything. He even refused to give him food. But that was an anointed man of God. What was the plan of God? David was king, period. In the eyes of God, David was king. Whether it happened in year 2 after the anointing, whether it it happened in year 5 or year 10 or year 15, David was already anointed king. When we question God because of a situation caused by Satan, we tell God that we don't have faith in him. He is incapable of defeating the enemy. Now, there is a famous verse of scripture that informs this episode. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. What a wonderful word. We have used it. We have quoted it many times. Without context, the verse is so lovely and encouraging. You can run miles with it. But to the people, it was delivered to, It was a comforting word in a painful season. When you look at Jeremiah chapter 29, it starts by God telling them to stay in captivity in Babylon, to plant vineyards there and marry their children and even bless the land of their captivity. Like seriously, God How do we bless the people that have held us captives? How do we bless these people? They've mistreated us. They've taken us from our own motherland. They've taken us from our own families. We cannot even go to the temple to worship you, God, and you, God, you say we must bless these people. What were you thinking, letting these Babylonians take us captive? What's your plan? God said to them, stay there. How do we stay in a foreign land which you gave us as you promised Abraham lies in ruins? How do we stay in that foreign land? Stay there. Was there no better plan for us, Lord? No, just stay there. Couldn't you punish us there in our own land? Remember how Israel fought the Canaanites, the Jebusites, and the Hittites for the same land, and they were subdued later by the Babylonians. They found themselves in captivity in Babylon, left behind with the lame, the aged, the sick, The people that could not be useful for anything, they were left back there in Israel. Now, taken to Babylon with Daniel and his three companions, as well as Ezekiel. Now, before the invasion and the capture by the Babylonians, God had through Jeremiah told Israel many times over to repent from idol worship and to turn to God. Their false prophets gave them a false sense of comfort by lying opposing what Jeremiah was saying. As the siege continued jeremiah told them to surrender and leave the king listened to the false prophets until they were captured so what was the plan of god god told them, repent or go to babylon but one could say since god knows all things then he knew they would not repent and will end in babylon well god's plan is a grand one the salvation of humanity for this god preserves israel however in that preservation god does punish israel for their sins and going to Babylon was punishment. They could have averted this issue had they repented. Remember the story of Nineveh? The plan of salvation of humanity was still the same. Jonah was to preach to them, and if they repented, then God would not destroy them. Jonah preached, and they did repent and were saved. Israel did not repent when Jeremiah spoke, and they were taken to Babylon. There is nothing joyful about being held captive, more so if you have your own home. That's why prison, even if they get food and shelter, is still not a nice place to be in. Human beings are free creatures. With Israel, 70 years was appointed for them in Babylon. Yet God spoke those words. My thoughts for you, they are good. They are not to harm you. You may be in Babylon, but my thoughts, what I'm thinking about you is a good thought. What I am planning for you is a good plan. It was easier for the false prophets to continue giving the people false hope and telling them that they would go home sooner. However, God told the people through Jeremiah as it is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 29. Build those houses, plant those gardens, eat their fruit. Take wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for them, your sons and your daughters, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there. So don't play games there. Have children. Do not diminish. Increase in number. In captivity, seek the peace of the city where God had caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you will have peace. So God told them, Stay there, relax, continue living your life right there in Babylon. And then he further said, After 70 years are completed at Babylon, then I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. So God was giving them comfort, but that comfort would come 70 years later. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you'll call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Praise the name of the living God. You are in captivity, but my thoughts are to give you a future and hope. So the future and hope is going to come. It is a good one. Expect it. Wait for it. The time and the season of captivity had befallen the Israelites and there was nothing they could do about it. Once they failed to repent, their future was wrapped up in the word of God. You would think that Jeremiah would tell them, I will beseech the Lord to get you out of Babylon soon. No, 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 no. They were to stay there and be comfortable. You see, child of God, life does not stop simply because you had a big challenge. God does not stop being God simply because you are in trouble. The ultimate plan of God of salvation for humanity did not stop because Israel was in captivity. That plan was in motion. The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. That was the plan of God. God will preserve a remnant. His plan is good. Stay there, God said. Be comfortable right there. Bless the land and the people. You see, the plan of God was to ultimately bring the Messiah through Israel and through the tribe of Judah. Israel had to live for this very reason. The Messiah was still to come. So you may ask again, God, what were you thinking getting the Babylonians take us captive? You see, the suffering of this present time cannot be compared to the glory that is to come. So they could have focused on the suffering in Babylon, but there was a glory that was still coming. Christ was still coming. And Israel had to learn to serve one God. You see, whilst Israel was looking at that current issue, God was focused on the future of the entire humanity. So what is the mind and the thoughts of God? In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 to 9 it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So my mind and yours is limited to what we have been exposed to, to the extent Of you studying the Word of God, you are exposed to that. Your experience of God also shapes you and your understanding of, of Him. However, the thoughts of God are beyond us. The Bible says, even the Son does not know the day of His return, only the Father does. However, it is the joy of the Lord to reveal things to us to the extent that we need it to prepare, to empower us, and to respond in faith when we face life issues. Now let's go back again to the story of Job. You remember that Satan dared God about Job. Does Job fear you for nothing? Have you not hedged him? Take away these things and he will forget about you. So you can see that the thoughts of God about Job was that Job was a righteous man. There was none as righteous as Job in the eyes of God. So the thought of Job was that he was blessed. And after Satan afflicted him, his thought was that of pain, punishment from God. But the thoughts of God about Job did not change before and after the affliction from Satan. God maintained that Job was righteous even when all his wealth was taken away from him. So the affliction of Job proved what the mind of God was. And the mind of God had already been set. And his mouth had already proclaimed Job was righteous. Job had to suffer to prove what God had said about him. How do you know God heals unless you have been afflicted by sickness? prayed and received your healing. You would blame God for all of this and say God gave and God took. Whereas God on the other side, knowing his unlimited providence, looks on and is not perplexed about it. This does not mean God does not care, children of God. He, however, views from a higher dimension and responds in line with that realm. Israel stayed in Egypt for more than 400 years. You would ask, Lord, did you not promise Abraham that land Why are we stuck here? And Genesis chapter 3 verse 13 to 16, God spoke to Abraham before they even went there. He said to him, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will charge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So that was the first reason that they had to stay in Egypt, the iniquity of the Amorites. The punishment was not yet due. So Israel had to stay there in Egypt. The second reason was that Israel was still few in number. You'd remember that only 70 men went down to Egypt, and they had to be many. So they had to stay there for 400 years so that they multiply and they're a big number when they go out against the Canaanites. Otherwise, they would have been totally destroyed by the Canaanites. You'd remember that also when they were about to go to the promised land, God said they must take the land bit by bit, lest they take the whole land and be exposed to animals. So there had to be a big number first before taking that land. They would have to fight for that land. Now we are wondering, why are you not getting the blessing you have been praying for? Could it be that you are not ready? You still need to grow more. You still need to learn more and be exposed to other things first. You want to get married now, yet you are not ready to take care of people around you. You can't afford yourself yet, but you want to bring someone else into your life who comes at a cost. Israel went to Babylon because of their sin of idolatry. They had to learn to live life in an ungodly nation. They were exposed to abominable foods, which Daniel and his companions refused to eat. They had to appreciate God even more. You'd remember that Ezra went back to the land of Israel when the time of restoration came. He went there and restored worship. He read from the book of the law, and then Israel had to get rid of all the despicable things, even to the point of getting rid of their foreign wives. You may not understand these things when they're happening, but God's thoughts are bigger than yours. This was now a nation ready to yield to their God. They had seen destruction. It was time to rebuild. They counted the cost and realized that it was too high. Once the second temple was rebuilt, other people rejoiced looking at it they were happy and others wept as they compared that temple with the glorious temple built by Solomon. They had lost something glorious, something precious and they could not rebuild it to the same standard. You may still be asking, what's the plan of the Lord? Ask him, he will tell you. Concerning a situation, ask God. Where he will not tell you, accept it and move on. Do not be stuck at the problem which you cannot change and all it does, it makes you to resent God. Job did not get all his children back. God gave him other children. He got new flocks and became wealthy again. Israel eventually settled in the promised land and came back again from Babylon. Life does get better, child of God. You will look back and realize that there is a grand plan here. In all these things, the plan of God is the restoration of humanity and salvation by grace. God wants you to be with him in eternity. Do not let the money issue today take you away from God. Do not let the pain of losing your loved one take you away from God. Do not let the issue of your marriage take you away from God. Do not let the pain that you prayed for something and did not get it take you away from God. He is more than money. He is more than a husband and a wife. He is more than a child. He is more than the job. He is more than the business. There is more to God than the things you've been praying for. Eternity awaits those that believe in Jesus. That is the thought of God. Eternity with you. He wants you there. Would you believe him? Would you receive him? Will you accept him? And his plans and his thoughts, they are always good. May the Lord God give you peace, even in the midst of the storm that you are facing. May you rest knowing that you serve the most powerful God, the most loving God, the most kind and gracious God. Will you rest in that peace knowing that God loves you unconditionally and that God is with you? Even when you are feeling that pain, God is with you. When you have these questions, That are coming in your mind look back in the word of god and realize that perhaps it is a season and it will pass and a new season will come winter does come but summer does come also and it is glorious may the peace of god rest upon you in the mighty name of the lord jesus christ shalom thank you for listening the word anchor podcast to get copies of my books the bride of jesus dear girl child confessions of a parent victorious youth and from the pit to the palace go to amazon.com you can buy a hard copy or a kindle edition remember to check out the show notes connect with me on social media platforms give feedback and continue to spread the word tune in for the next episode and make the word of god your anchor